PPG Denver was exciting, crazy, well-rounded with inks and decks all over the place. I'm here today to break that down along with the Pixel Born Stats of the Week and give you the most up-to-date information of how you should be preparing for your events moving forward. Let's get into the video. Today's meta at a glance is consumed of two points of data. One, the top eight from, of course, PPG Denver, and the other, some more release data from Pavel on Pixelborn. As you can see here, the top eight decks of PPG Denver were two Ruby Amethyst, two Steel Amethyst, one Amber Emerald, one Amber Amethyst, one Emerald Amethyst, and one Amber Steel. Now, as you can see right here, big, big change from the week prior, where six Ruby Amethyst decks were in the top eight of the 1K in Tennessee. Definitely a big turnout, definitely a big difference, but some interesting stats along the way, and we're going to be able to break down most of these deck lists in this video. Now, the other important information here to look at is Pixelborn. Pixelborn meta at a glance from week one and week two, you can see some core differences in it. Now, of course, the top deck remains the same. Most played deck across the board was Ruby Amethyst. However, Amber Steel was able to move up. Amber Emerald dropped one. Sapphire Amber was able there. And then, instead of having Amethyst Steel and Pixelborn, we actually saw, saw more games with Sapphire Steel instead. So while the meta had changed a little bit through Pixelborn, it absolutely was not shown at all in any representation at the entirety of PPG Denver. Sapphire was the least played ink in the entire event, actually, with, I believe, only three individual Sapphire decks registered across 40 players. Big difference, big stat, and the lack of Sapphire in the meta is definitely showing to be a true interesting fact moving forward. Now the question becomes, what is this Amber, Amber Sapphire deck really, and how can it actually operate? If you're looking for more information like that, you can check out my top five decks from last week going into PPG. We covered what an Amber Sapphire deck might look like. Here's a little bubble for it. So of course, our deck of the week is no other than Song Aggro. Song Aggro was the first place finisher and the winner of PPG Denver. The key strategies of this particular deck is the pressure utilizing your early drops with the bodyguard like Zimba to protect them. Your recovery is through the roof with cards like Ariel Spectacular Singer, Rockstar Stitch, and A Whole New World. And the removal package from Steel featuring Tinkerbell, Grab Your Swords, and Smash can really help you get through so many different games and be overly oppressive in almost any of the mirror matches that we had seen and play a key factor in winning games against Control as well. My deck on the rise last week in the first meta report and it showed off in full colors. The deck that I was representing uh, in the top five breakdown from last week was a little bit different than the, the more aggressive version. But what it really proves is that the overall core of the song strategies of utilizing Ariel as a way to, you know, optimize your hand and really smooth out your curve with the ability of using a three cost character to exert all the way up to five cost songs played a true dividend in the entirety of the tournament for Anthony. It's a great deck, a lot of fun, and the core of it can actually be represented in many different fashions. He may have played it as a song aggro, but I believe you can play this as mid-range or even control, and you'll see this deck truly develop as the weeks move forward. 
But as we're here, let's break down the top eight deck list. To save ourselves some time, I'm not going to cover all eight decks. I'm going to cover the six decks that did the best and will utilize the time a little bit better later on. These two decks were piloted by Joseph Trueblood and Sam Cahill. Congrats to the other top eight representatives in Brandon, Bremont, and Hung Lee. There are two other versions of their decks that we'll be covering in the video. Joseph Trueblood's Amber Emerald deck was highlighted on stream throughout the day. The overall strategy of this deck is to be low to the ground and aggressive and jump just ahead of their opponents as often as possible. Now, in this particular version, we did not have any just-in-times, which was a key card in many of the lemon-lime aggro decks of the past. So it was crazy to see that this one was able to succeed all the way to top 8, while not even pressuring with just-in-time. Sam Cahill's Amber Amethyst looks more of a mid-range control list, having a very high-end game cards like Elsa Spear to Winner and Stitch Carefree Surfer. The ability to continuously draw cards in this deck is second to none. Having friends on the other side, Rapunzel, Maleficent, the list will continue, and even with the addition of Part of Your World. Honestly, from this list, the thing I'm most shocked about is that we didn't include Ariel's Spectacular Singer as well as just a way to even continuously find more and more songs. But the standout for this particular list was definitely Mr. Smee. Mr. Smee was a card that I had on my prediction list a couple of weeks ago. It's a deck that it's a card that I have even included in similar lists like this. But the overall success of the card was actually incredible to see on stream. I was very excited to see that it was in the list, and I was really excited to see it succeed so well throughout the day in gameplay. This wasn't the only list that was featuring Mr. Smee, but it was definitely a bit of a warning sign for all players that this card is here and it is a force to be reckoned with. A 2-5 for 3 with the ability in playing an Amber to have a nice, beautiful target for Rapunzel very early on that survives and has the potential to live with three damage on for you to Rapunzel and just draw three cards back is no doubt one of the better plays that any Amber deck could actually do. Definitely a card to be on your radar, whether you're playing against it or building Amber decks with it. Absolutely a card you should give a true test. I believe it's one of it's, I believe it's an actual standout in the current metagame. Now both of these decks were featured at some point during the stream. So if you're looking to see these decks in action, you can check all our videos out in a playlist that'll be in the little ping right there and you'll be able to see the decks in action and hear us call them live top four decks ryan miles and brooks clark ryan miles was piloting the emerald amethyst mid-range deck this was a deck that we also got to see on stream quite a bit the ability to pressure the game early with three four and five cost characters was absolutely a menace to most of his opponents on the day. The addition and inclusion of Genie and John Silver also posed true threats to win the game later on. However, I believe Cusco and Hans are the all-stars of this deck. Pressuring so very often with three lore characters is one of the best things you can be doing in the game. Having a card like Cusco in a controlling meta with so much spot removal truly forces your opponent into some bad positions 
having a great character that you can play at the end of the game that can't be removed with anything but a be prepared is one of the more successful ways to finish out any game. This deck has an ability to pressure on every single given turn. I would say in this particular list, one of the most unnoticed cards might be Megara. Megara definitely allows for some very interesting trade-ups, and even in some cases, the ability to use your Cheshire Cat as a removal to challenge. It's definitely a playline your opponent is not expecting whatsoever. But with the additional ability of having four toughness characters, every once in a while you may need to utilize them to trade up. However, with their two strength, they're almost never going to do that. At least Megara gives you the ability to have them be four strength characters and trade away with many, many three cost ones. Really fun card, really a nice addition, and I kind of hope we see a little bit more of her moving forward. Brooks Clark made top four with Steel Amethyst Control. This particular list had a had the Mickey core package, had the Tings, had the Elsas, had the Ursulas, the Grab Your Swords, and all their alike. It is a very, very standard-looking control deck, utilizing the best of both worlds of draw power and removal from both of these decks. The coming out party for Ursula and Elsa in recent weeks through Ruby Amethyst will always question whether or not it can be utilized in other forms of control. This deck shows off the ability of what it can be like with early removal with Fire the Cannons, and even, in this, not in this particular list, but potential to have smash the mickey broom combo also plays very nicely in this setting up the broom for easy two damage enduring challenges to be cleaned up later on with grab your swords or tinkerbells han's 13th in line is probably the true standout card of this deck there were many times on the day where i thought hans put put brooks in a wonderful position and was able to create these incredible trades that really could have been prevented if their opponent was playing a little bit smarter but with his ability to lure get you you know to quest and get you to lure and then ping out something else and then the inclusion of grab your swords and tink or even fire the cannons really created a ton of favorable trades on the day for brooks and i've if i'm being honest i think it's definitely one of the more underrated cards in the game and a lot of people are giving him any true credit the runner-up of the event was Jonathan Ball, playing the big bad of the format, Ruby Amethyst. This particular list does look pretty standard. However, when you do add it all up, it is well above 60 cards, which I'm never going to be a true fan of. I believe if you want to play this deck, you can very easily cut down on some of the cards and get to the true 60 and just be a little bit more consistent. Having so many extra cards creates a lot of inefficiency when attempting to get particular cards to win the game. And this deck definitely was missing out on some key opponents on key turns in the finals, where if he did have a more consistent route at 60 cards, he could have better prepared to win that particular matchup. In all honesty, Ruby Amethyst, again, is one of the best decks in the game. There's nothing to take away from it, and this is just another showing Almost any version of this deck is going to find success at any level of tournament. It's absolutely a deck that is relatable and controlling, and it's perfect for just about any player in that type of mindset. But, of course, this is now the third or fourth version of this deck that we have seen over the course of the weeks that has had true success in tournaments. 
absolutely a mainstay in the metagame as we know it. And I'll be curious to see how it now decides to adapt in ways to deal with Rockstar Stitch. If the information in this video is helping you out, do me a favor, hit that like button. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe. This week on the channel live, I will be one, I will actually be taking a box of cards, opening it up, and building a deck live on a budget. So catch me live this Wednesday at 9 a.m. for that. And then for the podcast later in the week, which will be actually taking these eight decks from the top eight and telling everyone how we would modify them to put them into the next level. Every single deck that, whether you succeed or lose, always has the ability to change. One of the most hardest things in any game is trying to find a way to adapt even after a win. So taking even the winning deck list and modifying it to better fit your local game or an, an upcoming event is definitely something you should always be looking to improve on. No deck is ever perfect for any given day, and we need to really learn how to best prepare moving forward. Let's get into breaking down to the winner of the event, Amber Steel Songs. Congratulations again to Anthony King for winning PPG Denver. His deck here, which he called Amber Steel Songs, or Song Aggro for better. The list is pretty straightforward. There is a lot of four ofs and just a few three ofs to make up this 60. Four hook, four stitch, four lilo, four zimba, and three goons is 19 total one cost characters. Followed with four prince eric, four zimba, four be our guest, and three lanterns to add another shocking 15 two cost characters. We then follow up with three tinkerbell tiny tacticians, four Ariel Spectacular Singers, four Rockstar Stitch, three Tinkerbells, and then, of course, nothing but, nothing less than a whole new world out of, of a playset of four and a playset of Grab Your Swords along with a playset of Smash. This deck is incredibly straightforward, and as we saw and have already mentioned in the video, Ariel Spectacular Singer is truly the core to this list. In all honesty, the first things I would be looking to do would be considering adding some number of part of your worlds just to even increase your chances of hitting with Ariel. Although it's not necessary to always hit with your Ariel, as long as you already have songs in your hand that you can utilize her with, the ability of Singer 5 is the core mechanic of the card. However, adding to the power level of this deck by increasing the odds of getting a card back when you play your Ariel, along with just another card to truly bring back your end game threats in certain matchups having the ability to recycle your stitches or recycle your tinkerbells in the end game with part of your world would be the first indication and the first addition that i would have for this list one more time shout out to anthony this deck was incredible if you're looking for more information on how i would apply changes to this list then you should definitely be on the lookout for our live podcast stream this week or the video that comes out afterwards now let's talk about a deck that might actually be on the down. Ruby Emerald Evasive was the second highest accounted for deck in the room at PPG Denver with seven copies. Zero of the seven copies of Ruby em Emerald Evasive were able to break into the top eight. Now the key strategies for this deck are a pressure with low to the ground characters and evasive. Car characters like Flynn, Cheshire Cat, Peter Pan, and Pongo are the ways to pressure early. It has a selective endgame in Aladdin, Goofy, and Mickey Mouse Brave Little Taylor. 
and it has the removal all the none with Dragon's Fire, Mother's Knows Best, and even Genie. So I begin to ask you, why can this deck not find true success in a metagame? And I honestly think it's a lack of draw power, a lack of recovery. This deck just has none. And since it has none, it's very hard to remain consistent. There will be games where you high roll, and it looks great, and it plays well, but then there's going to be games like we saw on stream, and I believe round five of the tournament, where Brad was legitimately just stuck. Even though he only had 14 uninkables in his deck, he opened up a hand that had five or six of them, and he was never even he was unable to get to four resources for several turns in the game just because of his uninkable account, because this deck has no way to sift through cards or draw additional ones to get out of hands like that. I do think it's a true worry for this deck moving forward, and I'm on I'm very interested on how people are going to adapt and move forward with this list because I do think it's one of the more budget-friendly decks for players. We're absolutely going to need a version of this deck to be successful in the game to be an early to lower costing deck for new players to kind of enter their competitive journey with. There might be other options that we're going to discuss in a later video for budget decks, but this is definitely one of the biggest standouts so far, and it wasn't really a great feeling to hear that there were seven of them in the tournament and zero of them make top eight. Definitely a deck on the down. Now, before we get into the final part of this video, let me know in the comments what deck did you really enjoy from PBG Denver? And of course, if you want to go one step further, let me know which ink you think is number one on the list this week. Let's break in to the battle and the rank of the inks. Not much movement this week in all honesty. Amethyst will remain on top and Amber will remain in second. Both of these colors in particular are just the standouts. They are the core centerpieces to every successful deck in even this top eight. Again, across the board, there is either Amethyst or Amber in every single deck in the top eight of PPG. When you start considering that, you realize that how much they are really offering their supportive inks. The ability to draw, the ability to pressure the game, the ability to win games, the ability to just have an incredible recovery from either of those inks keeps them in a position where they are 1A and 1B. I still believe that Amethyst is the top tier deck or the top tier ink in the game. However, I can honestly see a true reason to say that Amber is. We'll give it another week or two before we make that decision to see if Amber is able to successfully move to the top of the mountain here. Coming in at third this week is Steel. Steel is going to replace Ruby this week. And honestly, Steel was very impressive. Uh, so many Tinkerbells, so many Grab Your Swords, lots and lots of a whole new world all weekend long were dominant in the events that they were played. Steel, in this particular, we had Steel Amethyst and Amber Steel crank into a top eight or even better with, of course, Steel Amber winning the event. When you start to consider everything that Steel has to offer and then looking at what Amethyst and Amber compare with it, it's no shock to me that these decks were successful this weekend. And it was really great to see, in all honesty, Steel kind of move up and remind everyone of why of why and how these cards are so good. The rest of the list kind of speaks for itself. Although Emerald did show up in high numbers, it still didn't deliver as an ink. A lot of what it represents and how powerful it is was just outmatched by the other inks in so many different ways. 
its lack of draw potential left its players really stuck in certain hands that they could not escape and it just didn't look very good for them. And Sapphire, again, in a 40-person registered event, there was only three Sapphire inks, and none of them did very well. Most of them were actually out of the tournament by around four or five, not even completing it. Sapphire is looking like it's definitely on the outside right now and absolutely needs some type of direction. I'm not completely saying that it's an unplayable ink in Chapter 1, but I'm definitely convinced that no one has truly cracked the code on what the ink is truly capable of. PBG Denver was a lot of fun to commentate. A huge shout out to my partners on the day of Scott Landis and Vince. You guys were awesome. It was fun to cast and it was fun to be behind the commentator's desk again. I cannot wait for PBG Miami. If you didn't see the announcement, it is phenomenal. It's great. I'll have all of the information for that in the description. I definitely suggest that you join the party and come to Miami and meet us there and have so much fun. I will be there and so many others. 10 plus artists from around the world are all coming if that's what you're into as well. If you're interested in content like this, I suggest you take check out my video from last week, which is the meta report from week one. Very large difference from week one to week two. A lot less Ruby Amethyst in a major tournament and success for many other decks. It's really fun to watch this entire metagame evolve from a week to week standpoint and you'll find a video like this every single week i possibly can and definitely after any type of big events that are reported on thank you so much for watching today i hope you enjoyed the content hit me up in the comments let me know what deck impressed you the most thank you guys and i'll catch you in the next video